Kobe, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Welcome back to Always Shine Brightly. I'm your host, Shanna Covey, and today I have a very special guest, my friend, Grace Barbatini. Hey guys, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) So happy to have you here, Grace. Grace runs one of my favorite coffee shops. For those who don't know, going to the coffee shop every morning has been like a huge part of my (laughs) ritual for many, many years. And... I love, love, love going to local coffee in the morning where Grace <laughs> and everyone that works there is so kind, so so generous. It's beautiful energy, beautiful mm-hmm. environment. And of course, the coffee's amazing. We have to have that in place. Yes. And then all <laughs> the extras, everything works together to create such a beautiful experience. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. And Grace, I wanted to have you on the podcast today just because I love your energy. I think you have such a beautiful energy. It's just like... I think there's a beautiful gentleness to it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like over the top, and it's not like <laughs> understated, it's just like perfect. It's perfectly good. stated. <laughs> perfectly stated, what a compliment. <laughs> That's good. And I just want to like share you, like I want to mm-hmm. know like the person behind the energy. I know we've known each other for a few years, but it's yeah. been more like small chit chats here and there yeah. as I grab coffee and things like that. And so I wanted to jump in and just be like, like what makes grace grace and like, how do you see the world like what shaped your views and yeah. um and i'm just like curious like do you see that in yourself like this mm-hmm. like gentle kindness gentleness about yourself yeah man such a great question <laughs> <laughs> i think generally i like it's sometimes hard to talk about myself mm-hmm. and we have talked a little bit before we started recording about the enneagram mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i'm a type two so that kind of confirmed like how it is a little bit hard to talk about myself just because I feel like I'm always worried about like coming off as like conceited or something like that which I obviously know probably if I'm concerned about that it's fine but <laughs> <laughs> and I think too just for those who may not know a bit about the Enneagram type 2 yeah. is uh, the type 2 is like kind of like traditionally known as a nurturer so you're always thinking of other people's needs and you're yeah. op- you're lifting other people up and thinking about how you can help them so yeah. that makes like total sense that you wouldn't be thinking about right. how to describe yourself when you're like no no no, no. Yeah. I'm looking at others <laughs> and seeing what they need and I think that's gorgeous and for those who don't know about the Enneagram, I've just been completely fascinated by it. It's yeah. been coming to my life just in the last couple of months, popped into my awareness through so people cool. that you and I both follow on Instagram, yes. which I also think is so fascinating. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> and so for anyone out there, like I encourage you to go and look up the Enneagram test. You can find them free online and take the test. But then I would also su- suggest listening to a podcast called sleeping at last which her and i have both listened to and look and this is a podcast put on by ryan o'neill who is a singer songwriter for sleeping at last 
and he's creating a song for each of the Enneagram types and he's done yeah. and he's been doing it with such compassion yeah. such like instead of seeing the caricature which is I think what you end up getting when you read the online test it kind of mm -hmm. like shows the baggage that goes with each type yeah. This podcast is a great exploration into the journey within each type and the reintegration back into wholeness. So seeing like, you know, why why you may do the things that you do and how in some way it's nine ways of us like putting on our armor to feel safe right. and then the journey of each the journey is the taking off that armor in nine different ways and I think Love it just that. also helps so cool. which I stole from hearing on the podcast <laughs> I thought wow that's a great way to say it so let me give credit to, to Ryan O'Neill <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and and I, I mean but it goes hand in hand with kind of the way I see the spiritual journey mm -hmm. I see the spiritual journey is all about coming to our own innate safety so that we express in the most full full way yeah. and know our wholeness and so like a lot of times the way we interact in the world is when we feel triggered or we feel mm -hmm. unsafe in some way we create a compensating behavior mm -hmm. whether we're aware of it or not and I think kind of the Enneagram can help give a glimpse into what our the the compensating behaviors for our particular type yes. and so Anyway, so that's kind of the overview that I would love for people to dive in. And if you <laughs> yes, do dive do in, let so me great. know what your type is. Like, let us know. We'd love to know. For those, oh, I'm a type nine. I guess I should share that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a type nine is generally called the peacemaker, which means mm. we, we value harmony, but we value harmony to such an extent that we avoid confrontation. Mm. So it's not always the healthiest thing. So there is a way to right. integrate that and in understanding harmony in a real way, which is sometimes for harmony, you have to interact in a conference like interact with confrontation mm -hmm. you can't just avoid it the whole yeah. time but i know in my experience like that when i probably the most unconscious behavior in me is to run backwards when i feel like confrontation is around mm -hmm. me and i'm like burying like i just start to like bury even what i want to say or do because i there might be like another foot dropping in some way that feels weird yeah. <laughs> no it's so hard to learn it's like yes. very uncomfortable because you just like sit there and do what it is happening? Yeah. And, then, and I think it's so interesting because we each have like our perspective of seeing the world and so right. if we're within our type and seeing the world based on what our needs are our fears are our yeah. gifts are that if someone we assume like why isn't someone else acting from that similar space right. and right. the Enneagram helps us to understand like how a someone in another Enneagram type would be acting in their own perception of what's occurring. Yeah. And so the yeah. more we know about each other, the more compassion we can have for so our struggles and our understanding how to interact. It's so true. I love that. Yeah, I think, I think something I really value is just trying to be understanding of other people and like where they might be coming from, especially working in the service industry. Like that's really important to be able to navigate um, mm -hmm. as well as possible. Of course, there's always going to be people that you need to have like boundaries with. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we are here to serve and we're, you know, basically getting paid to do that too. Right. Um, and so I think it's important to just, you know, not take things personally if somebody reacts very strongly about something that they're unhappy with or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that can be something you can do just in your own life in general. like. You never know where someone's been or like what kind of day they've had or what kind of life they've had and to be able to be a little bit like empathetic and instead of like you know maybe it triggers you and it feels familiar mm -hmm. knowing that whatever bad experience I might have had with someone in the past 
doesn't mean that I'm having that same experience with this person now. You right. Know, I might feel the same way, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And I have a choice to react differently if I want to. Yes. Um, and that's something I'm still learning so much, even right now, like in this time of my life, like it's just really, really, really been like something that's, I've been trying to keep like in the forefront of my mind right. too. Um, but also having boundaries, because I think as my personality is, like it is hard for me to have healthy boundaries and because you want to overextend yourself right. that's your nature yeah this, this is what <laughs> I'm gathering from my learning <laughs> on these various Enneagram types is like of course you want yeah. to overextend yourself because that is how you feel you like you feel meaningful and useful right. in that right right and I think right now like even just this past month and like a couple weeks they've been really interesting and I've been like so aware of like okay I want to help people and like do my best and like I get I get something out of feeling like needed. Oh, I just hit my microphone. <laughs> You're totally fine. <laughs> I, I feel fulfilled out of feeling needed and being useful mm -hmm. and like helping others. But sometimes that can be coming from a place that is not so healthy. Right. And so I'm trying to learn how to recognize that and have more boundaries because it's something I always tell people mm -hmm. that I'm having to learn to like walk out in my life is, you know, if you don't love yourself and you don't help yourself first, exactly. like you can't put others first either mm -hmm. um, I think they said that in the the Enneagram type 2 podcast was mm -hmm. sleeping at last he was like it's almost like that oxygen mask yep, concept. The airplane, like, uh -huh. yeah put yours on first and then help others but it's so hard <laughs> I know and that's it's why so really <laughs> on, on each each of the journeys on each of all of our journeys and rather we're looking at it through the Enneagram or through like a, just like a general spiritual journey it, yeah. it's always coming about coming back to self-love and self-acceptance yeah. because otherwise we're coming out of some sort of lack within ourselves right. and we try to overcompensate for that lack right. in all these different ways and yeah. so if for instance you're trying to like overcompensate for a lack like if mm -hmm. you haven't come into the deep self-love and the deep self-acceptance you'll reach out and through the helping of others and through the right. feedback of that helping that's mm -hmm. like filling filling that lack that was coming yes. from but yeah. if you heal the lack then there's still the overflow of be still being a nurturer still right. helping people in the ways that you feel called to help yeah. but it'll be a natural boundary there right. because it won't be coming from trying to receive something out of it it will right. be more of like a there will be a purification in the act of doing it. Does that yeah. make sense? No, totally. And I think that's honestly so good for me to hear right now too, <laughs> because I I've just been like really thinking a lot about like, you know, I think I have a tendency to be more codependent than not. Even though mm -hmm. I would say generally like I'm a confident person and I'm like I know what I like to do and all these things. But what you just said there like kind of confirms like when you are unbalanced mm -hmm. and you're trying to help others for like almost getting something yes. back and like getting feedback and like words of affirmation that kind of replaces like what you believe for yourself yes almost. yes and I think I'm very much like in a phase of my life where that is something I'm trying to like be aware of and mm -hmm. and I think that um it's almost hard to like figure out like what you think yourself when you're just right. always like searching for other people's thoughts and like right really like I know how much it means to me when people say things about me and it's like it almost scares me because I'd rather like I wouldn't I don't want that to affect like how I view myself so much right. and I feel like right now it still does and so it's kind of like okay how do I like what do I do with that right almost? well this reminds me of when I first was talking to you about the podcast and you're so encouraging of it and I said 
I said, you know what, you're on my list. Like, I want to interview you because you have such a pure heart or a joyful heart, whatever yeah. word I had used. And you immediately wanted to say, but you said, but I cuss a lot in my car. <laughs> and I thought that was so cute and so funny. And I'm like, but it doesn't matter. Oh like, and I think, it's, I think that that oh, kind of stems so from great. like, we want to be and have an honesty and a transparency mm. about how we know ourselves. Like, yeah, I've done that too. Like, I've like, <laughs> no, sorry, are you okay with me sharing oh, yeah. that? No, I, no, I don't even remember is, that. I oh, I, so I thought it was so cute because it was like something like <laughs> true, I would totally do. And I think also for one, like, it doesn't so change funny. like the energy that comes from you. Right. But yeah. for me, I think I've done that. Like, I had a mentor who I was very close with, and he someone who holds you up to what he sees the good in you and then I would be like but did you see this this and this and this and that shame yeah Yeah. like I was like wait I want you to see the full picture and he's like I see the full picture (laughs) so but it was just like I felt Mm -hmm. like I could relate to like yeah but I want to I don't like because if you're trying not to put such a heavy emphasis on someone's opinion of you like you want to clarify that their opinion like if it seems too perfect and you're like but wait let me balance that perspective with this other part of my nature that you might not be seeing right now but um but I think like I think that's stemming from like Mm. that's also kind of like I think that speaks to the growth because I think if you were totally caught in (laughs) just wanting to hear the affirmation of it you might just like bring that in and just be like Oh yeah, that feels so good. That's an yep, yep, and you know, but you know, yeah. you were like, no, I'm trying to create an honesty here That's with myself, so but yeah. not an honesty of like cutting yourself down. So like, right. I hope like I don't see that that was what was no, going on, or anything like that. That's actually really good because I I do feel like like so much of the past four years, I've had to like, you know, be like really honest with like myself and like things that I'm going through. And like when I grew up, it was. It was almost like impressed to like only talk about the good things, you know? And I think that that's not a bad like thing to, you know, encourage, but I think it makes you almost like have this sense of like shame if you do talk about things right. that are hard. And like, I would see friends like maybe, you know, or, like people I know like almost play the victim with the things that they're going through. And I, I didn't want to do that, but mm-hmm. I also like felt trapped that I couldn't like talk about things and people people felt like I would just have this perfect life and like yeah. I was so happy and all these things and I did feel joy and it was, that was true right. but it was hard for me to like receive compliments mm. because I wasn't being honest with myself um. and I felt like other people like I almost felt bad that they thought I was so you know right. so like sweet and so nice because yeah. I was like well you don't have any idea um. and then it kind of creates like this bitterness almost right. within yourself and like with people and like how they view you um, which is super trapping. It's yes, really it interesting is. how Isn't that, that happens. So crazy, like, yeah. yeah. But now that I'm able to be more comfortable in in things that I processed, and like, I'm so much more honest with like, you know, if you're having a bad day, like, tell people, like, you know, hey, like, yeah. I'm not feeling so great today, or whatever it is you're going yeah. through. Um, maybe it's worse than that, or maybe it's not, but. I think it's really freeing to do that and be honest with those around you too because you never know how much more relatable you can be with right. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a lot more freeing because when people do you know, call out the good in me or like in someone else, like I can come from a place that's really honest with myself and like receive that. Yes. And I think for a while there, like in high school and a little bit after, like I could not receive it yeah. because I... I couldn't look at the other stuff that was hard and I couldn't share it with people and so 
I almost felt like I didn't deserve their like right. high opinion of me. Yes. Which is really interesting. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. Because you're like <laughs> you kind of have like a split in like how you're like, no, I'm seeing this full picture in myself or yeah. like kind of a full picture but still needs some more kind of like a more of a wisdom approach to seeing right. it, but you're seeing it as like, wait, they're only seeing one part of me. They don't know this other part. So I can't accept the yeah. the generalization that they've made or the affirmation that they're sending my yeah. way because yeah. no this this and this and that but i think like i think that happens a lot in a lot of, in a lot of different ways yes, <laughs> it really does it really does like even something really like non-emotional like just kind of small like um, my hair has always been really curly mm -hmm. and when i was little i really hated it <laughs> and i would try and straighten it and do all these things and so when people would compliment me if it was straightened or like look different oh. I couldn't really receive that compliment and it kind of messed with my head because I was like well this isn't really what I look like oh um, okay you know and yeah. I mean that happens with anyone with yes, other yes, stuff. yes like you know whether you like wear makeup a lot or mm -hmm. you know stuff like that I think that women and men can mm -hmm. also just like you know it kind of messes with like how you really view yourself mm -hmm. um but I had to like learn how to just love my hair the way it was you know and now that I do like it when people when people say things like they're like, yeah. oh, like your hair looks really nice, yeah. or like I love your curls, I, I don't like, just say, oh, thanks, like no. You don't reject. I it, don't reject yeah. it, and mm -hmm. I'm able to accept it more because I was honest with the fact that I really hated it for a while, and it took a long time to um, appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that it's a, it seems like a small, like superficial, like component, but of, of the other work, like the more inner work, mm -hmm. deeper work of just like me as a person and like my family and other stuff like I think that those like smaller things like the top layers yeah. are, are able to be more like freeing with stuff like that yeah no I think it Which I think really it all adds up yeah you know, it all adds up right and then it's I think all like connected yeah so. because I mean that um the, the hair thing was important because you were using an outside opinion to measure who you were right That's and so, so if it was sh yeah. like it was interesting because I was thought if it was straight and someone gave you a compliment, you might be like, ah, yeah, like, it, that's yeah. not really, like, my hair is really It, like, curly. stressed me out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's just, like, <sighs> it's kind of what the fact that you embrace the curls is representative of shifting from some outside reference to who you are. That's so true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it might look, it might be simple. It might be like, right. oh, it's your hair. But I think, right. actually, those are big things. I think, yeah. like, dealing with image it, in terms of healing an outside opinion on who we are, like that's big strides, right? You know, right? Because even when it was, you know, curly and I would wear it like that, and someone would tell me something, it didn't really matter, mm -hmm. and that like maybe it helped, like I liked that more, mm -hmm. but I had to, I really did have to decide to like it for myself, yes, you know, yes. And so, there's a, yeah, there is a big difference between that, yes. So. I'm glad you did, yeah, me too. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> that's good, <laughs> it's a lot less work, too. You're like, I'm ready to go. Here I go, anything. world. That's great. Yeah. I love this. I love like just the open sharing that you're sharing with us today. Thank me you for too. going there. And I yeah. think like, and tell me if this is like a stereotype generalization, but I feel like people like your age, like how old are you? 24. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was going to guess that. Cool. But I'll just like get people. Next month. <gasps> oh, what day is your yeah. birthday? Uh, July 4th, actually. <laughs> that should be easy to remember. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everyone celebrates. <laughs> but I think like 
I'm saying like a millennial generation. I think you are yeah. so comfortable with like more comfortable with vulnerability than other generations. Do you mm. feel that or do you feel like you've come into it or maybe you're coming to it at an earlier age so it looks that way? Because yeah. I feel like I know you did a post about embracing your curls. Like when right. you decided to, you you wrote about it and I yeah. love that. Like I Thanks. and I see that <laughs> I see that a lot in in the millennial generation of being able to Are you you right. are a millennial, right? I guess I, I think I'm like the end of the millennial. Okay, I'm maybe like I'm the, under the, that. Or, in the 2000s area, but I would yeah. say I'm a millennial, yeah. <laughs> and I just think, like, I see it on social media. Like, I see, yeah. like, not that social media is, like, this perfect thing, but I'm, right. I'm using this as an example of I feel like people are good at sharing more sides of themselves than maybe mm -hmm. a previous generation is. And I yeah. think we all are coming to that. Like, everyone of all ages is getting <laughs> better at that. Yeah. But I feel like across the board, it's like, I feel like you can do a post and you can kind of like like almost like laugh at yourself and it's like so endearing and like relatable at the same time yes does that make sense that. yeah that doesn't make sense i think our generation really is like i mean maybe we just see it more because there's so many more platforms maybe, too, maybe. so it's hard to say but i do feel like i mean i don't know i have a lot of great friends who are also very vulnerable and like mm -hmm. you know definitely you can have like those deep talks with mm -hmm. um so i don't know it's hard to say i because i mean i think there's a lot of people who aren't ready to you know to do that to do that and that's they're okay. like maybe they're more image conscious and what they're curating on their yeah, feed and things like that like yeah. i know that happens too yeah and instagram can be like a terrible place sometimes yeah you know and i mean just with anything yes. like it, i love it but it's also like I have to watch. Like you were detoxing from it, it recently, right? Yeah, I, I did. Like just, I didn't delete my Instagram. I just deleted the app for like a little bit, just to. Just like because you wanted to not be so plugged into yeah, it. Yeah, or... it's nice to just, you know, it's it's weird because like you feel connected through it, but you're also still alone. So I mm -hmm. think it's, if you are trying to like, just kind of be by yourself, it's better to just like really be by yourself. Yes, I agree. Um, it's really uncomfortable, but it's. I've it's heard good. it referred like our phones <laughs> refer to. I think it. Um, Al Newport, I think, is someone who he does no social media. That's he does probably really healthy. And he called our <laughs> the phone and and all of that um, our constant companion. Mm, and so yeah. I think about that. Like if you're standing in like line, yeah. you like grab your phone. You're like, yeah. oh, I need to entertain myself in this moment. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm I'm 40 years old, so I grew up like before all of that stuff. Right, and it's like, right. hello, how do I need to remember? Like, you can stand in line without looking at your phone. You can just be there. <laughs> I think about that too. Like I. I think that if like I went to a party or through a party and we all turned our phones off, it would be much different. Yeah. And oh, it, that and then you're also like thinking you're like, like <laughs> shoot, I gotta share the party too. Right? <laughs> yes. There's I think there's a lot of a lot of cool things about social media to where you can connect with people and share things and I, I love that. Um, but there's also so much to where you feel a lot of pressure and you feel like everyone's watching and they're really not. But yeah. You, you do feel this like mixture of emotions and I think I think it just goes to show that like you can have unhealthy relationships with things just like yeah. anything like yeah it's, it's all it's, the intention yeah, you use exactly. it with yep like you know you don't want to be like really legalistic with it like right you know alcohol is bad or like yeah. all this stuff and it's like anything can be bad exactly like, if I agree. you just use it for the wrong reasons so I think it's it is important though to ask yourself like why am I posting this yes or, why do I feel the need to like open it all the time? Like, mm -hmm. Is there something that's going on, you know, inside of me that I need to take a look at? Yes. Um, but you, yeah, no one can decide that for you. So no, I agree, <laughs> it's and I love, I, I love that perspective because it's really, it's just like a catalyst on the path. 
right? Yeah. And so, and you're using yeah. it for growth when you're going within and you're asking yourself right. those questions. And I think that that means it's a tool for, it's a, you're utilizing it as a tool for your own growth right. in that way by just asking yourself, why am I posting this? Why right. am I grabbing my phone right now? What else, yeah. what does this mean? How can I be okay without that connection in yeah. this moment? And I think it's just when we use any catalyst in our journey, whatever it might be, yeah. that if we use it from that perspective, then we're always using it to encourage our own growth yeah. and to foster our own growth. That's so true. Because so. sometimes I recently, like when I did delete it, like I think it forced me to look and be really honest with myself and be like, okay, would I do this right now or would I, you know, go take a picture of that or whatever if I knew nobody would see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard question. A, I have heard a quote, like, if you could travel to another country, would you do it if you couldn't take any photos of it? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I, cause I used to be really into photography too. And so that was pretty convicting as well. Yeah. Like, you know, is it just, is it really to like be beneficial or is it just to like show people like, look mm-hmm. what I did, you mm-hmm. know, which isn't bad. Cause it is good to share things. But if you can't answer that, then maybe like, I had to think like maybe I don't know myself as well as I right. think I do. Yeah. Like maybe this is just the version of me that is doing things that I want people to see me doing. Mm-hmm. And so they get this picture of like, oh, that's the kind of person she is or that's what she's about. And yeah. maybe it's not so like so inaccurate, but it's more like surface stuff. Right. And so it's like, should I really be spending my time on that? Or is there something deeper that I'm really supposed to focus on right now? Right. Um, so I'm kind of in that like mode where I'm like, I don't know, like... I love it and I love like that you're using it to ask these questions and I think some people do like a massive overcorrection like maybe they're like oh my god that's like they actually like berate themselves as like it's bad I can't do that I can't touch it and like I always think there's like a great happy medium if you're asking yourself the questions like you're just working yeah Yeah. you're working through it and you can constantly course correct as you go you don't have to like make this big veer to the left and then overcorrect and we've all been there we've definitely done that or like try you know and you just like you end up binging later yeah you know you're right with food or whatever but yeah yeah no that is good because it's more freeing that way and I think um it kind of makes you like ask yourself those things all the time too which I think is good I did that your mention of photography made me think like sometimes you've posted stuff that you say it's from it's from an old 35 millimeter oh, yeah. so like that's my time frame <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is what is the fascination with kind of like going analog like yeah from a digital like you're basically almost raised in a digital world right, what is this fascination with going analog I think yeah well for me I guess I mean I'm sure if you ask somebody else who you know does analog it would be a different answer I so I I learned digital I wish I had learned film okay originally that would be cool I've never really taken like a class um Claire my assistant actually shout out to her and Aww. her husband they're really yes. good at film <laughs> they have like a dark room in there that's cool apartment. they're so cool um so she showed me a couple stuff which was really fun but my reason for wanting to learn it was um the cameras that I actually have that are film were from my grandpa And so he, yeah, he passed away my senior year of high school. And so I, we like inherited, you know, all of Mm -hmm. his belongings and everything. And so I really wanted to use it. And I found out that one of them was in really good condition. It's a twin lens reflex Yashica. So you like, (laughs) (laughs) sounds amazing. It's cool though. You you look into it and it actually like reflects it backwards. So if you move to the right, your image moves to the left and it's, it's just really cool. There's Whoa. two There's two lenses in it, basically, okay. instead of one. Um, but, so yeah, I really wanted to just use those because they were his, and he was, 
an amazing man. And Aww, um, tell me about him. Yeah, he was. Oh my gosh, he was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he, when he was 17, Pearl Harbor happened, oh and he was about to graduate, but he joined the Air Force instead. And so his mom like walked across. So he got his diploma oh for him, um, and he was actually a fighter pilot. Oh my and goodness! And he fought in that war, and then um, he fought in the Vietnam War and the Korean War. Oh my goodness! And he made it through all of them as a fighter pilot. Wow! Yeah, he was crazy. And he was able to tell these incredible stories. Yeah, we we tried. We actually uh, recorded some of them. I don't. We have to find them, but um, yeah. So, but I knew him as like just this like really goofy, like funny, funny man. Like he's just always like playing pranks. And, yeah. Um, probably he was a lot more serious back when like he was raising my mom and her brother right. but um, he just loved to like garden he, he retired in New Hampshire and so that was like where I knew him from okay uh, he was born in Wisconsin but uh, my mom and her brother like moved around so much with the um, military with the military like, yeah but um, yeah he always liked taking photos I guess um, but he was also so active like he my mom's probably gonna laugh because I always forget but he ran a good number of marathons. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and he like downhill skied until he was like 80 and like what? he like did all these like crazy like cross country biking trips and like Really pedal bike. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like so active and just yeah. like one of a kind human yeah. like I'm How just, is like his like amazing. How has he influenced you? Like have you yeah. you have an adventurous soul or how has it come through um, you? I guess that's a good question. I mean, my grandma was pretty cool too. She was they have a, a cute story, but I think both of them, like, I just, I don't know. That's a great question. I just, I do hold, like, a special place in my heart for them because I got to know them when I was younger and then a little bit when I was older before they passed away. Mm -hmm. And I just know that my mom is such a strong woman, too, and I think that, like, they they really did shape her, and I, I saw just how they lived their life, and I don't know, like, so much like self-motivation I guess yep, and, that's cool. but also kindness too like my grandpa would just talk to anyone Aww. you know at the grocery store and like he'd just make fr friends with everyone right and, um I don't know he was just really inspiring like I I kind of always think well if he could do all those things and like what what could me and my brothers and like my family do right. like I mean he seemed like he was like limitless but it wasn't like he was he wasn't like an adrenaline junkie or anything mm -hmm. like he just he worked hard and he wanted to like live a full life right and I don't know I think that's really beautiful so well I and I already see you like exploring like some of your passion just from what you share and I'm sure yeah. you have more I'd love to hear about but I know yeah. like you have your artistic like you create cards <laughs> and you do yeah. things like that and you also are super into vintage yes I you love went to your, sales. yes you went to your first <laughs> estate sale right or yeah. you said it was your first one it was which is so sad I but, wish I hadn't waited so long <laughs> uh, well uh tell me about like I feel like you love the 70s I do and I, actually I guess that can be a way I could answer your first your yeah. previous question so yeah. my grandparents they I was it's so funny you asked that because I just thought of that the other day like why do I like looking at old stuff mm -hmm. and it was because so I grew up in San Antonio my whole life, okay. like my family's house that my mom and dad bought. And um, it was kind of like, you know, like just classic, like homey. My mom like would always like hang dry flowers and everything mm -hmm. and like lots of like plaid and just like kind of Texas-y, you know? Yeah. But then whenever we would visit my mom's family in New Hampshire, they had actually never redecorated since the 70s. Oh, wow. Okay. And they had like this basement 
and it was all like avocado green, uh -huh. orange, mustard, like yes. brown. And they had a ton of stuff from their time in Asia when they were, oh. um, they were, they lived in the Philippines okay. in, when he was in the military. Okay. And so they picked up all these pieces that were so unfamiliar looking to me, like all the, they had like jade elephants uh -huh. and like all these like, you know, like Asian script like paintings and um, their glassware was different. Yeah. It was just from another time period and yeah. I would just like love, I would just go in their basement and just like sit and like look at everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I think those color palettes are like all my favorite colors, you know, like yeah. I love earth colors and browns and like vintage furniture. It just, it reminds me of that time. Like those were such happy days, like visiting them and, and even their upstairs was just all like, you know, like teak wood and mm -hmm. like, um, bamboo like chairs like yeah. papasan chairs big cushions uh -huh. like and I think some of it at the time I thought was kind of ugly because I was like there's no color like it's all brown <laughs> you know and now it's like my favorite um so I think that's just like super nostalgic for me yes and I always had so many questions and I would hear my mom talk about like I mean that was the same kind of furniture and like pillows that she even like had when she was like in high school so it was cool to like see I would like look at photos and then be like, wow, I'm like sitting on the same couch right now. Oh, like, that's cool. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. When you're little, you're kind of like, you think you're in like a museum. And right. My grandpa would like tell all his stories about like the war, like in that environment. Yes. So I think whenever I go like to Goodwill or like, you know, museums or like estate sales now too, like I think I just, I think of them so much. And mm -hmm. I'm always like, man, I wonder if this was, you know, a piece that was from that time period that maybe like their friends would have had in their houses or Aww. you know I kind of just think about like if I see stuff I, I try and recognize or like research what period it was from yeah. because it reminds me of them too. I love that. So I think that really I was just thinking about that the other day and I was like why do I like old stuff it's kind of weird like I know everyone's like into you know like thrifting and all that so it's not abnormal for me to find it you know fun right but there's always been like something else that just like I feel more connected to with it right um and it's actually cool now we have a lot of the their furniture in our house currently so I use I have a lot of like their curtains and like yeah. chairs in my room and stuff well I love like when you put the pictures up on Instagram like it's like you're great at styling like Thanks. you're a very good decorator <laughs> and you definitely create like a vibe with it and it yeah. definitely it's just like you love butterflies you have like I macrame <laughs> and it seems like you also love greenery in general I do I love plants too and yeah my mom has always had lots of plants and like water is outside all the time so oh it's like a serene yeah she nice. just yeah she loves plants too so I think yeah, I just kind of pull all those things like together and they mean a lot to me. So I've always been like, like I always loved having my room like such a like calm place uh -huh. even when I was little. Um, and, but I would always like redo it like every three months. Really? Like, I would just like move everything I'm like around. the total opposite. Oh my God, I'd be your grandparents probably <laughs> if to start with the furniture and never change it. No. <laughs> my family would always be like, oh, you rearranged your room again. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Um, and some of that, I think, was just a lot of, like, that was how I felt creative, too. Yes. Um, but I think some of it, too, was maybe, like, a, I don't know, I wonder if it was, like, a form of, like, I could control that little environment. Mm -hmm. And I think there were some things growing up in my life that I didn't feel like I had control oh, of. Okay. And it was, like, a little bit chaotic. And so I think that was, like, how I maybe coped with it. That but makes it was sense, also creative, though. That too. makes sense. 
because I still do that. Like sometimes when I get stressed, I'll just rearrange my room. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> or I'll like go through stuff and like maybe try and sell things. And yeah. It just feels good. Yes. But, that's yeah. interesting. I like that. I like that outlet. Like yeah. that you're the creative outlet. You have like such a great visual eye for it. Thanks. I do love. Like I definitely wanted to be like some type of decorator or designer when I was younger, and maybe one day I still would like to. But I think it would be really cool to have some type of storefront to sell like maybe my own stuff that I handpick from things or make or um, and you were kind of doing that for are you still doing that a little bit online a little bit yeah it, it's a lot of work actually which, yes. is, <laughs> which isn't bad it's good to learn um, get your feet wet but yeah I, I have been selling some things on Instagram and stuff like that um, but it would be so cool to have this space and also a place for I have a, I feel like I know a lot of people who sell art or make art right. and don't have a place to sell it and mm -hmm. I think it would be super cool to like have a an area where they could be highlighted or yeah. you know so and it's not they don't have to pay a lot of money cuz right. I know that is hard to do and I don't know. I think I just want everyone to have a, a good chance at putting oh. themselves out there. You know? Oh, I love that. Which I am realizing too I need to do for myself before I'm going to be able to do that for other people. Right. So. <laughs> well, do the, but I like that the vision uh, is like including all of it. You know, yeah. you're including your personal style and your right. expression and you're like, oh my gosh, we're all my friends. Like, yeah. I've got to highlight them too. Let me give them a it's space. So I love that. And I think that's kind of why I've had a hard time starting anything like that is because, I don't know, I, some people have always asked me too. They're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I feel like so many things. And I kind of will dabble in a few things here and there. And sometimes it scares me because I'm like, man, I feel like I'm like jack of all trades, but not master of none. You know, okay. like I kind of just do a couple things here and there. And But I really, I think my main goal is just to like bring like art, artists together and like more people together and just have and be at least be a part of like helping people like get started and sharing that. And, mm -hmm. But now I'm realizing maybe that's something I just really want for myself too. Oh, you know, like maybe yeah. maybe I need to do that first for me before yes. I can. Obviously, like we're talking about helping others, so it's it's been interesting to kind of like think about that first. And I almost feel like guilty when I think about that. Cause I'm like, well, like there's I, the I healing. Help, yeah, <laughs> I want to help people. <laughs> um, but obviously, I haven't done that yet. So maybe yeah. there's something I need to look at with that well I think that you're really trying to chip away and narrow down and hone in on like kind of like a purpose statement of like yeah. an intention yeah. behind what you're doing and I think even if you create that like statement of intention which I know would there would be a service element there'd be an expression right. and a service element whether yeah. it looks traditionally service or not it's like the expression of goodness as service right yeah. Yeah. and maybe then it would like help to tie the vision better or you would be able to like your ideas would flow behind that and mm -hmm. you could get behind it because you would see it was a service right you know what I mean so because cute. I feel I feel yeah. like like that would help you in your in like you're like mm, I'm gonna do it yeah you know what I mean <laughs> yes. if you if you kind of like lean towards thinking oh that's that's selfish you're not like no like right. find the purpose statement in it and that will give you like the oomph to be like this isn't selfish look what I'm doing I'm like yeah. helping them this way and this way and this way yeah I love that yeah that's cool it's a good idea I've been talking a little bit recently about the myth of selfishness is what I've been referencing it oh, as. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Tell me more about it. <laughs> yeah, so I think like I think people think of things that are like that are selfish that put themselves like you. This is kind of a general statement, but maybe it, maybe it's for the Enneagram twos. But I was kind of mm. using it as a general statement for like women how they put the family first and put others first right. and put the kids first and put the husband first and put 
whatever first yeah. that when it does take time for them, whether it's from self-care or self-expression, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. that they kind of like cover it up by saying it's selfish. And mm -hmm. so they're like, wait, mm -hmm. I'm, when I put time on myself, that's taking away time in these other ways. Yeah, but, it's a very like noble looking way to avoid something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, oh, I'm, and we're called always shine brightly and I'm thinking right. that actually is dimming your light, right? Mm -hmm. And so your so light is how you, like when you express your light and it's full, potential or any level of that potential yeah. that is service you know mm -hmm. you're ex you're expressing your joy your and your joy is service so and if we take the the airplane mask example like yeah. you doing the self-care putting that first or even the self-expression whatever you know self-expression being like expressing your desires right. that's like you putting your mask on first so you can show up more energized for your family for the people that you so actually true. want to serve that like you want to nurture them but when you're filling yourself up you're showing up happier for them. Right. Um, your well is filled up so you can overflow. It's not like yeah. you're trying to grab from them to fill yourself up. It's like, no, yeah. you're filling yourself up and you're showing up for yourself and for them. I love that. That's and so, so cool. I think it is like re reframing this concept of selfishness. Yeah. Like I don't think it's selfish at all to express who you are, to right. allow more of your light to shine. Right. You know, we always think like it's, it's more thoughtful to be selfless because yeah. being the opposite of selfless is selfish and so yes. we kind of we almost think like diminishing our own health and our own needs is you know yep. helping others but not in every case mm -hmm. not metaphorically i think no <laughs> and i think like it doesn't have to be an either or scenario like right, i think right. that there's time for both and that you right. have time for both when you're caring for yourself yeah. so you can show up you know i think so true and i i feel like i mean that it's funny because i feel like that's something i would have said like oh i know that so much like I'm always telling people, like, you know, help yourself and help others, but yeah. to walk it out is very difficult sometimes, and I think, I think it's only difficult when you realize, like, or you have to ask yourself, like, how do I even want to, like, love myself, or how right. do I even, you know, if you don't, if you don't really have a want, like, it's almost like people who, you know, you're like, man, they need help. Yeah. And it's like, well, if they don't want help, they're not really going to get anywhere and you can't yeah, do anything that's true. about it. You have to have a level of willingness yeah. and readiness and openness. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And so I kind of, you know, haven't really wanted to do things that were, you know, beneficial to like my health or like certain things because mm -hmm. it's just easier to avoid it or, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I, I kind of get something out of helping people and so it's, it's easier to do that and mm -hmm. but that's not really being super courageous I think I'm realizing right. so um, but it's good I because I've also been realizing a lot too like you know trial and error as well unfortunately but when you do help people and I've felt this on the other side too is like you can enable them mm -hmm. and that's really that's really yeah. toxic and yes. scary and and you don't it's almost like self-preservation of like well I don't want to look like the bad guy so I'm gonna help them you know yeah. but that's not always being a true friend um, no, and like, and some people might not realize that until later. So it is, it makes you feel like you're almost doing the wrong thing. Yes, but having those boundaries and like realizing like you don't always have to over overcompensate for someone's lack because, you know, I mean, I guess like a simple a simple scenario would be sometimes if somebody's like super upset like mm -hmm. with with an order at work or something yeah. like that. I've I've kind of tried like not reacting as much mm -hmm. because you know that'll diffuse it and when you not when you don't react you get a little bit more quiet and so the other person really hears themselves mm. and I think when we react to people they don't have a chance to like hear what they're saying and all this stuff and right 
when it's just quiet and you're hearing yourself be, you know, either rude or get kind of loud, it really like, That's you, cool. you hear yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it can be a really gross feeling sometimes, you yeah. know, if you're the person doing that. But I think we can overcompensate to like fill the silence or like make something yes, comfortable. And I agree. Obviously at, at work, like that's a different cause that's my job to right. you know, make sure that they leave happy. But yes. with just normal life and like friends and relationships with people, like I think I've learned the hard way that that's not always the best. Right. Well, I agree with what you're saying. Cause it sounds like, like you're putting the responsibility of their well being on your own shoulders. Right. right? Yeah. Like and they're, their emotions yeah. are not their responsibility and their like mind. how they feel like if they are feeling if they're upset like it's like you're somehow taking it as a personal affront because right. you didn't do something to like soften their upsetness or whatever yeah. it is but like you said it's totally enabling if maybe what they need is a strong hard mirror to shake them out of their yeah. upsetness. Yeah. This Cause is, I know I've needed that too. <laughs> I've had that before too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Yes. <laughs> and it, that's uh, actually like speaks to me in my avoidance of confrontation. Mm. It's hard for me, like if someone needs to be confronted and that's like actually for their highest good, my highest good too, right. it becomes right. like difficult. And so that's something that I'm also having to like look at and learn and figure out like, yeah, yeah because that's like, love and wisdom comes together like sometimes yeah. we think of love from a level that doesn't incorporate wisdom so like right, you're the, just doing everything for yeah, yeah yeah and that's not really true love especially if we're coming right. from a sense of lack and we're using what we're doing to try to fill something up in ourselves it's actually kind of like this selfish exactly. action trying to it is come back to ourselves it's yeah. fine like that's all part of purifying the motivations right. that we come from it's right. just like doing the work to shift it yeah but sometimes what's required which is hard for I would say like both of us is to kind of be like a little bit like aggressive is a strong word but maybe more aggressive than we're used to we're used to being yeah. much more gentle and like right. whoa let's not rock the boat whoa you know yeah. and like yeah. the thing that is needed is like to come to that hard energy and like a more like mm -hmm. like to stop like to not enable right and, right and or to remove yourself from the situation and that other person who is so dependent on it feels like the vacuum of you not being there and they have to finally grapple with what they have to do in that empty space like yeah. you were saying with creating that silence it's like yeah. creating that vacuum to where they're like whoa yeah. whatever their normal engagement was and how it kept hooked into each yeah. other one drops away and they're like having to find a new way to be in that moment yeah and that actually creates the growth yeah it so does I feel like yeah that speaks to me too in this time of my life like it's really good to just like be like okay like what what am I and who am I without like anybody I know you know oh, I like, love that and that's it's so scary because I think we yeah. can define ourselves by like relationships and our family and our friends and our experiences, which isn't bad because they do shape us mm -hmm. and they help us grow. But when you, you have to realize to or ask yourself like, okay, am I allowing these things to define me more than I should? Um, and that's kind of like, there's another thing that kind of unrelated, but I always, I've always loved the quote, like, you know, be, be the highest version of yourself, mm -hmm. whatever. But now I'm kind of, asking myself what does that really mean yeah like, how does that translate into like action and yeah. like your heart and like what does it really mean to walk that out you know I love like, that you're asking these questions you, <laughs> so good it's such growth they're, they're so hard though but this but, is what the, this is where spiritual maturity exactly, comes from this yeah. is where our maturity comes from and our growth is in asking those questions and right I love that so many there's so many quotes that are like 
like what you just said. It's a yeah. quote and it's beautiful and it means something. And it kind of like has a resonance in the moment, but where's like, what's the substance of it and how are you applying it? Yeah. I love that you're asking those questions. Thanks. I, I, I think I can be a bit like prideful with those moments sometimes because I'm like, oh yeah, like I would just do the right thing. But it's like, now I'm asking myself like, well, what is the right thing for me? Or what is, it might be different for someone right. else and how would I navigate that if it's maybe the right thing for me, but not the right thing for someone else or like what, you know, what is honoring to like how I, you know, live my life mm -hmm. and being the highest version of myself in a moment, like I might not know what my highest version yeah. is yet. Like yes. what, do I even know like how to walk that out? And it's such a, it's such a broad uh, statement now that I'm realizing. Yeah. Cause I kind of, you know, I would hear that quote and be like, oh yeah, like, just, you know, if you have an issue, like, just do the right thing. Like, yes, what? well, what is the right thing? Right. No, I love that. And I think, like, certain things, like, what I would do if I don't, like, I would call in the guidance and be like, I'm here for the highest good. Like, right. setting an intention to serve in the highest, serve the highest good of the moment or of mm -hmm. the situation. So even if you don't, in your, like, current mindset, like, have the answer or know what it is, yeah. opening up to a prayer or an intention or some sort of yeah. guidance, you're, like, creating the space for that wisdom to come through. Right. That's so true. I love that. And I think the past few weeks, like I had, I had a couple like decisions to make and and like different plans that I thought would maybe happen. And I'm now realizing like my plan is like maybe not the best. And like there's other things that life yeah. has in store for me. And I'm just trying to be super open to that. But um, I found myself when I was like trying to decide on something that was, you know, like like a big deal for me in my mm -hmm. heart and mm -hmm. I was like well I kept saying like well that would be the right thing or like that's what I should do and one of my friends was like why are you saying should so yeah. much and I was like I don't know that's oh, a great question like what little mirror there's a back. lot of like weight to that and there's a lot of almost like shame mm -hmm. in like a decision making mm -hmm. process when you feel like should is almost like thinking of like other people's opinions yes, and it's like exactly that yeah mm -hmm. and it Ooh, it was it was horrible I was yes. like why am I doing that that's yes. so uncomfortable and and I don't I I really had to like be like I don't even really know like what I want like, yeah I don't I don't I don't know what it means that I'm like thinking about everyone else's opinion so much more than my own like mm -hmm. I don't even know if I have an opinion yeah and that was like really unnerving and like unsettling and but I I'm trying to be more aware of how many times a day I like think about oh I should mm -hmm. and it's really it's a lot it's interesting it's I love lot. that you went there with it though because so many people get scared of like the yeah. discomfort that it creates well and it is really scary I mean yeah. it's very uncomfortable yeah it is and especially I'm trying to talk about it but it's definitely like but you're going there and you're like willing to kind of explore that and yeah. I can relate to that on getting caught in like the shoulds mm -hmm. or whatever should yeah. should not and that's because we start to create yeah. like we've like associated with an identity of being a certain way we've associated yes. especially when it's like we're the nice yeah. one or we're uh -huh. the we yeah. like don't make mistakes or we are right? responsible there's or so we're this pressure. like there's all this kind of stuff and so we've like created this like false image that we are trying to live into yeah. through all these rules around it and right. undoing the right. false image part of undoing that is undoing the rules you've made for it and especially mm. the in looking at the the identification with what people think of us and that kind of thing that's so, interesting. so I mean it's all this like unraveling that's it's like just like true. that's yeah. where the real growth is living and yeah. um, and just like getting still and listening within and asking yeah. like, like what do I desire there's like yeah 
I don't know if this would be helpful or not, but there's a desire exercise that I've learned about. Oh, yeah. I'd love <laughs> where to hear it. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's, kind, it's a writing exercise. So you would, you would kind of ask the first question, what do I want? Just like a simple, what do I want? And you can free write for five to seven minutes, whatever comes up, but who cares what it is? Cool. I don't care if it's as simple as like what you want to eat or it goes yeah. deeper than that. And then take a, then ask yourself, you know, okay, so it's like, what do I want? What do I desire? So mm -hmm. it's like a, just like a same question, but it's trying to like dig a little deeper, a little do another yeah. five to seven minutes. And then on the last one, what do I truly desire? And then go again Ooh, for five to seven that's minutes. That's a scary place to go. <laughs> well, it's just like but I think so what good. it can, it, yeah. what it will do is it'll start to uncover like what is it that you want, like yeah. getting beneath the shoulds and the should nots and yeah. the oughts and all that kind yes. of stuff. And yes. if you do that exercise just over like a couple of times, like three or four times, like just do like three days in a row or three days in a week or something like that. Yeah. Look for the repeating stuff, and I yeah. think you'll start to uncover like like your purpose or your, you know, like what it really matters to you, that's you know? So, that's so and cool. then you can get that from within yourself, pull it out. And then you're that. like, whoa, that's kind of like my guiding. Yeah, that's so good. I, that reminds me of, um, I had a friend of mine stay with me a couple, or I guess almost last week, Mariela, and she was, she's also into a podcast, so she knew about some ones that I didn't. And there was this one, I think it's called The Next Right Thing. Okay. But I don't, I don't remember who it's by, but I just loved that that statement and that mindset and it's kind of a podcast on like having a lot of anxiety about just decision making in mm -hmm. general and I that really resonated with me because ever since I was little I had a lot of anxiety about deciding on things right and I felt like it was easier not to because I didn't want the weight of like responsibility for deciding the wrong thing yes and now that I'm older I realize things are not so black and white obviously yeah and you can always course correct you can, yeah, and change your mind and you can grow from even the choice that maybe yes. wasn't as healthy yes. or, you know, whatever like that. But um, I just loved that, how much like freedom there was in that sentence of like the next right thing. It doesn't mean like your five-year plan right yes. thing. It just means like for today, like what is the right thing for you oh, to I do? Oh, I love that. You know, because mm -hmm. it kind of takes you out of like, you feel, sometimes I the feel pressure. like I'm looking at myself like through this huge like globe and I'm like, there's all these little things I could do and I don't know where to start and then I get overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm also like thinking about like, well, what are people going to think or like, maybe that's not what I want and I'm just not, like you said, not getting quiet and really like yeah. sitting with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I've just been avoiding stuff too. So like to sit with it and be quiet and ask myself what I want is, can be like a scary place too. Yeah. Um, but, um, I was going to say something else and I lost my thought. I don't remember. But oh, and also, yeah, I had an interesting moment where I, I was just kind of like, you know, feeling like a crazy person in my car, just like talking to the universe, like mm -hmm. being like, okay, like give me signs, you know, like, <laughs> and I knew what I was getting into because I'm not, you know, I try and be careful and not think of like everything as a sign, you yes. know, because you can get real like, Get, you know, crazy with I it heard or whatever. some like great advice around signs. Like oh, I'll good. just really quickly tell you. Yeah. It's from Amanda Francis, and she says, if you're trying to use a sign from the universe to tell you how you feel, actually look at how you feel. Like if 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 you want to do something and you're using a sign to tell you if you should or shouldn't, let's say the sign tells you that you did shouldn't do it and you feel disappointed. That's that means you want tool. to do it. Yes. And if you feel like, and if it says you shouldn't do it, but you were feel dis like utilize your, re your, your gut, emotional yeah. reaction to the yes. sign to tell you what you really want. That is so true. And don't 
hand out your power. Don't like right. just give away your full power right. to these things called signs and get your mind so twisted around it's like so yes or true. no, yes or no. Yeah. Anyway, I just no. I think that's so good. I've actually used that before, and it is very helpful. Like just like picking a hand and one hand is one option the other hand is the other option if you feel like you're like sad about it then it's like well maybe you should do it then yeah um but yeah I was I was I was trying to be honest and was like okay life like give me a sign like I feel like there's a lot of things going on that I've been like ignoring or like I know like might be the right thing to do but I'm having a hard time like letting go and like you know all this stuff and I was just looking for like a good sign yeah. or like a sign that I wanted to see. Yes. And I think life gave me a different sign and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, like, well, that wasn't the sign I was looking for, yeah. but like, I had to be honest and be like, that definitely was a sign and <laughs> I'm disappointed by it, but I also feel like in my gut, like I had peace to that and I was like, well, maybe this is actually the sign I asked for and now I'm just mad that I did because <laughs> I'm like, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. But, um, I think it's. It, you have to also realize that if you're going to ask that, it's almost like when you say, oh, give me patience. Like, right. well, are you ready for it? Yeah, because like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of interesting, too, because uh, you have to be open to the sign maybe not being what you want. Right. You know, it might be guiding you differently, whereas I was, I was asking, uh, like, you know, it was almost like I was like, okay, give me a sign with a, Within these restrictions and these yes, qualifications, yes. oh, I love that. and That's life's so like, uh, not girl, <laughs> yes. That's not how it works. <laughs> I think that we just put pressure on ourselves on like making the wrong decision, and so we're yes. trying. And, the, and then there's already the pressure on trying to read the signs right, trying to hear our intuition, trying to hear our inner guidance. Like yeah. you just like convolute what is trying to speak to us with all this added pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think just the more that we can relax and trust and yeah. surrender, yeah. and and I think that comes with like changing how you might be seeing life. If you see life that it can be derailed by making one wrong mistake, mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear around that. I felt that when I kind of like early, my whole life was like feeling, following the script, which was like, go to college, get a de yeah, good degree, book, get yeah. a good job, all that kind of stuff. And so mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of reliance on this outside script and I didn't know kind of how to listen inward. And I remember when I was on that path, it felt like even like working in my first job, a career type job, it felt like, oh my God, if I make one mistake, this whole thing is derailed. That's I was so like, true. whoa. Like, so much pressure. Yes. And yeah. I was just like, I think a lot of people live under that pressure and that thinking. Yeah. And I yeah. think if we can just kind of like settle in and realize like we can change our mind, we can always course correct, that's, we can always change our mind so and just take the pressure off and realize like life is about learning and growing yeah. and learning to us. Yeah. Uh, uh, align with our hearts and come from our hearts more and more and maybe we don't get it right the first time but we learn something but you learn something that'll help you later yeah yeah i think i love that because i feel like i'm in a place where now i have to like really just start practicing what i preach you know as, uh -huh. as cheesy as it sounds but i've thought of that scenario so many times with friends of mine who are like maybe at in their third year of college mm -hmm. and they're like shoot like i don't want to do this like yes i need to change my degree but they feel all this pressure and yeah it's so hard for them to be like, well, I don't want to let down my parents or like I've invested so much money. And yes. I'm like, well, do you want to do it or not? You yeah. know, like what, what does your heart say? Um, but I haven't really applied that, I think, in my own life with like smaller stuff. Because mm -hmm. I've always thought, well, like I didn't have to deal with that because I didn't go to school and I've just been working. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, it's not the case. Like you can still <laughs> you can still do that and still yeah. have like pressure about like decisions. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think I I feel that so much and so intensely that it, it's, it makes my brain foggy. Like I think, well, if I 
change this one thing, like it's the end of the world. Like right. it's over. Like I I did it and it's done. There's no going back. You yeah. Know? But I was like, so it's really just like a fear pattern, right? It and is. it's like understanding our fearful patterns so that we can reframe them yeah. and see them in a much more trusting, yeah. you know, like if you're coming from trust, yeah. fear doesn't have such a play in right. it. It's when we're right. like, ah, you know. Right. And I want to be like, I want to start, you know, living, you know, quote, like more authentic. And what does that mean? I think for me, it's, it's not doing things or not doing things because I'm afraid. And I think I'm afraid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I think I'm afraid of of failing at things and like I I try a couple things, you know, here and there, but it's really hard for me to like get to that point right. and just to be like and I don't know, maybe it's it's a fear of like being rejected in that by right. failure, but also I think it is a lot of pride too. Like I don't I don't want to look like I can't do anything or you know, I yeah. don't know. It's no, just, I understand there's a lot that. of weird reasons we do things or don't do things and it's it's all, it goes back to like you know being able to receive a compliment about something it's right like where where is it in yourself that you can accept that or can't accept that and I think it kind of goes along those lines of like not doing things or doing things because you're afraid of them right you know so what does that look like in real time I'm not sure yet <laughs> but I love that you're asking the questions uh, yeah you know I think a lot of people live of not asking those questions yeah. you know and they're one and they're lost in it, lost yeah. in the fear. Yeah. And I think like, you know, our journey is about shifting out of the fear and coming into this, coming into love. But love is yeah. also security. Love is safety in our in our yeah. and being ourselves. Yeah. Safety in expression. Safety in everything. Safety in knowing our full worthiness. You know, yeah. knowing our deservingness. Knowing all of it. When we are not when we're not like anchored in that place, it's because some fearful pattern is at play. Mm. And we have tons and tons and tons of fearful patterns. Right. So this journey is really just about weeding them out like with time, weeding yeah. them out, weeding them out, weeding them out as they come up, as you're goal walking out your life. Yeah. You can speed it up if you go into like, you know, self inquiry and things like that. Right. But, um, but I just think it's all a process of cleaning all that up, cleaning it all up. That's really, I like how you say that, like cleaning it up. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think that's thank you. Thank you. Because you don't always get rid of like certain things. Yeah. And there's always, you're going to have like your weaknesses, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to always fall prey to like the right. same patterns and the right. same habits. And, and when we get awareness of our patterns, we start to see when they flare up and we can kind of like create a, like it starts like we're blind to it, right? And then we create the awareness. And that gives us a tiny bit of space between it. It still might, we might get fully absorbed in it, like right. we're mad or angry or whatever right. like that, or resentful, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. But then we can get on the backside of it and look on it and be like, oh, let me, I see what happened there. And we can yeah. start to dive into it. Yeah. And the more we do that, we start to create a space between those reactions. And then the reactions start to diffuse and come up less and less. That's so true. So. Yeah. Or but you know your triggers too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's all a journey. And I think, like, I just love that you have the willingness to put your attention on it, you know? And yeah. that I have the willingness to do it. I'm so excited when I meet people who have that willingness, yeah, you know? Yeah, me too. And I think for a bit, like, I've, you know, not been so focused on it. And I don't know if that was just because I wasn't aware, I just was avoiding it, or just, you know, I mean, there's many things. Yeah, there's a timing to it, too. Yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah, and I feel like life just kind of throws you into it when it's, when it's yes, like, all right, time's that, up. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, that's, you know, why you have these big catalysts. I almost feel like I don't have a choice sometimes, you know. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> I'm gonna it. Get through it. Gonna get through it. <laughs> but it's good. I feel like once you, 
I don't know, you start to have like a small awareness of even just little things, you kind of notice stuff more. Mm -hmm. And it is good to get quiet. Mm -hmm. It's good to talk about things, but when, when you can kind of get quiet, I think you, you're, yeah, you're just, you can hear things better. Right. You know, obviously. Yes, I love it. Gain that clarity. Yeah. But, um, well, we have been chatting for been nearly chatting. an hour. I can't even believe that. But, I don't even um, know what time it is. Yeah, I guess uh, we can start to wrap it up. But to wrap it up, I just wanted to, That's like, cool. honor how I see you. Hopefully you fully receive everything <laughs> that I share. But I just think, again, I think you're such a light. I think that you have such a beautiful energy about you. You, you. you express that in how you live your life. And I interact with you most in your work environment. So I know that in your job as you express yourself like you're in service your your gen, your energy is serving all the time and it is serving like in my interactions at the coffee shop and when yeah. i know everyone else feels it. i know your coworkers <laughs> feel it and i know all your friends and family do mm -hmm. and so like thank you for that and thank you for your commitment to looking at the nuances of where growth is available yeah. and being willing to go to the uncomfortable places because i can tell you on the other side of it is there's so much more peace so much more Ah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I know, and like you, I, I just think like whatever you do, you're, you have great energy. Your energy is going into this world. If you're expressing it through serving the best cup of coffee, happy, <laughs> helping people at the register, yeah. starting, you know, going to still estate shopping, estate sales shopping, you know, like whatever it is, it, mm -hmm. it is serving. And that's like what I see as the beautiful service that we can all offer to the world yeah. is is cleaning up our own energy yeah. and that contributes to the whole contributes yeah. to the collective in such beautiful ways and you're yeah. doing it and you're working on it and you're open and willing to keep going so mm -hmm. i love that thank you so much and i know we have that. so much more to share and so maybe we can do another one in the yes. future because we have like all these other mutual interests and yeah. and on the last note from your 70s love that i yes. didn't bring up is your roller skating yes. oh my god i, I saw the it. pictures like really quickly how did you get into that um okay so me and my brother used to roller blade a lot when uh -huh. we were little but I used to have like these little roller skates that I first started with and they had like Barbies on them or something. <laughs> they were kind of hard, but I got into roller skating more. And then um, just recently, like maybe last year, I started following um, one, of the, one of these regulars at the other store I used to work at showed me this girl who roller skates and mm -hmm. she does like, she goes to skate park, like skateboarding parks and mm. does all these tricks. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like can't imagine getting on that level, yeah. it's cool. And then I realized she actually started this own company um, to make these like vintage roller skates and they're called Moxie Skates. Okay. It's based out of California. And so I kind of just like, you know, over time, like on Instagram, you get in those little rabbit trails. Yes. And I followed her and then I followed her store and then some other girls that were really good who had like YouTube channels and were like teaching people how to skate. And so I told myself like, I want to buy some of those skates sometime. And so I saved some money and bought some pink ones, which yes. is like my inner child, like I love it. favorite color. <laughs> Um, I don't really wear a lot of pink, but I love that color for certain things. Yeah. And so I got them and I tried them and realized it's way different than rollerblading. Really? <laughs> so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get better at it. And there's lots of reasons that skates are different. And you can do more tricks and you're more flexible with the four wheels. And mm -hmm. the rollerblades, you're kind of more stiff on them. But, okay. Um, and so recently, I actually just, uh, one of the girls I followed, who's really famous now for roller skating, she posted that she was going to be in San Antonio for a meetup on oh, this cool. tour. And I got yeah. to go and I met her and I skated with her. Oh my gosh. Um, and her, 
her Instagram is uh, Indie Jamma Jones. Okay. But, um, sh her and her friend do like this YouTube channel, and um, she also I don't know if she actually works with Moxie, but she has some of their skates too. And so, um, but yeah, I just that was such a cool experience getting yes. to also see other skaters in this area and get to meet some people and realize that there's a lot of other people who like it. Yeah. Um, so my goal is to get into the bowls at the skate parks and like try and learn yeah. some of those tricks. So you, do you know some tricks or you're right no. now you're like, you're like <laughs> just like starting? I just mostly skate like in a circle and I can I do like know. a little spin, but um, I haven't gone over any jumps or like ramps. But oh my goodness. It's, a, it's such a great way to exercise because you don't feel like you're exercising. Yes, you're having fun. Um, yeah, and there's some roller, there's a place called the Roller Cade. Uh, that I went to last night okay. with some friends. It's like an indoor rink. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just really fun. It brings me so much joy. And I, I feel like, you know, obviously when you exercise, you do feel good after that too. Right. And, but it's just a fun way to meet people. And it's social, well. yeah. Yeah. Say it's social. So. Well, look at you. You were decisive. Yeah. You were like felt it in your <laughs> That's heart. That's true. I did make you a look decision. Look at that. You lit up when you saw it. You figured it out. You got the skate. You went to the meetup. Check it. you out. I love it. Thanks. They have a um, like a skate camp in California, like Moxie, Ooh. the company hosts it. So next summer, I think it would be cool to go that to That would again. be so fun. I have like yeah. no capacity for like <laughs> skateboarding or like I've rollerbladed in the past a little bit, but oh, um, I'm it. like obsessed with like little documentaries on skateboarding. Like really? I, yes. I love that. It's that's crazy. So that's great. So crazy. Well, we need and to get you out there. Yeah, right. And it made me think of the skates to skateboarding because what are the Z? Have you seen the documentary on the Z Boys or the Z Boys? I don't think so. But basically, oh. it's like from the '70s. They were the first ones to like start oh changing gosh. skateboarding from like looking like you're surfing on a longboard right. to like going low and yeah, all that. Different but kinds. they did it because the wheels finally went from like I forgot the actual name. That it was like a certain type of wheel, and then it went to a more pliable one, like a certain type of plastic or oh, cool. I don't know the okay, word. Yeah. I've seen the documentary Upgraded. a few times that I yeah. forgot. But anyway, because they had just kind of like gone from skating to, because it was the 70s, until like doing the whole like skateboarding, like surfing in a really cool way. And they'd skate the pool, they'd so skate cool. the pools and do the tricks. And anyway, I, I don't know why. I like, I just. You need to get on one. <laughs> we need to get you out there. Let's do it. I gotta try, I gotta try something new. <laughs> yes, that would be so good. Oh my goodness. Grace, it. thank you so much for coming and for, the, for tell me. people where they can find you on Instagram so they can see all your cool style. Oh, sure, yeah. It's uh, just my first name, Grace, and then dot Barbatini, B-A-R-B-E-T-T-I-N-I. Let's just make it. Yeah, and I can put that in the show notes. But yeah, check out, check out her cool. Instagram and if she's selling anything, check it out. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and if you're in San Antonio, definitely come check local coffee. Yes. Um, they have multiple locations. Each one has Great. kind of its own flair. And if you're in Austin or Dallas, I don't know about Houston. Houston, maybe. To be maybe. Determined. Look yeah. up Merit Coffee. It's all the same company. Yes. I just went to one in Austin yesterday. Oh, good. Cool. Yes. That's but awesome. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. We are the love. We are the the music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.